0: We are in Numbers 21. We are making our way through the Bible this year. Genesis to Revelation in 52 weeks. And so as we read the Bible, uh, the chapters that are assigned in the daily read through the Bible in a year, um, today we are on Numbers 21. So if you've been doing the daily Bible reading through the Bible, this is where we are depending on if you're using the Bible projects little thing. So anyway, this is it. And so uh, today's message, God said it. You said what? Um, So... Let me tell you what this is about. God has said it, y'all. The first message of the year uh, on, it wasn't the first message, but the first message of the whole through the Bible was, uh, God said it, don't miss it. Don't miss it. God has said it. God spoke everything you see into existence. God said, let there be light. There's light. God said, let there be a tree. There's a tree. God spoke everything into existence, Okay. Uh, God has given us his spoken word. God's given us his written word. This is the word of God. Genesis to Revelation, all of it. it, I'm not an editor. God didn't call me to cut out pieces. Guess what? You're not either. God didn't call you to cut out pieces. This is the word of God. He's revealed it. He he, he breathed it out according to, to what the New Testament says. All scripture is God breathed. God breathed it out. Writers took it down. You see, we've got this idea that that God has revealed himself through the word that he has spoken and given to us in writing and his living word, Jesus. Jesus is the living word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So when God has said it, don't miss it. If you're listening to stuff that's going on in the world, pay more attention to what God has said. If you're watching the news, pay more attention to what God's saying. If you spend more time listening to the world than you do with listening to God, you're out of balance. See what I mean? Pay attention to what God's saying to us, all right? So, that, that, so now we're in Numbers 21, and, and the question is, you said what? And, and we're going to get to that because you've heard this before already this year if you were here on January 2nd because Nick and Kyle, I think it was it Nick and Kyle, were y'all the ones preached on this thing? But we're in Numbers 21, verses 4 through 9. Let's read it together. Here we go. Then they set out from Mount Hor by way of the Red Sea to bypass the land of Edom. But the people became impatient because of the journey. The people spoke against God and Moses, why have you led us up from Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread or water and we detest this wretched food. Then the people sent, no, then the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people. And they bit them so that many Israelites died. The people then came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Intercede with the Lord so that he will take the snakes away from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake image, mount it on a pole. When anyone who is bitten looks at it, he will recover. So Moses made a bronze snake and mounted it on a pole. Whenever someone was bitten and he looked at the bronze snake, he recovered. Pray with me. God, thank you. Thank you for today and thank you, God, for just the opportunity. Really, it's a privilege that we get to come together and sing and and celebrate and praise and just enjoy, God, the, the fellowship that we have with you and the fellowship we have with each other. God, I want to thank you for this body, this congregation, this this uh, 925 gathering, that, God, we can come into this place and and really understand that, God, you, uh, we gather to meet with you. God, and as we gather in your name, you meet with us. So, God, help us to hear you this morning. But more than just hearing you, God, help us to pay attention. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's here, here's the context, right? Uh, they've been traveling around in the wilderness for forty years, and, and 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 a generation is dying off as God's starting to move them from that wilderness of Zin, the the Zin sin. Anyway. anyway, they're moving him. He's moving them from the wilderness at the at the foot of Mount Hor, and and so so uh, one of the Canaanite kings of Arad is uh, has come out to fight against them, and actually takes some of the Hebrew people prisoner. So, so they've kind of lost a battle in a way. And, and so they pray and say, God, please give us our enemy. Please deliver to us our enemies. And, and God does. God defeats this Canaanite king of Arad and, and, and gives them the victory over this Canaanite king. And then it says, then they set out from Mount or-. Can I ask you, do, do you notice the vins in your life? What do I mean by that? I mean, we're on this journey with God. Uh, we, We see the journey with each other, but we're on this journey with God. We're walking with God. The New Testament encourages us to walk by faith, walk in the Spirit. Don't walk by sight. Don't walk in self, right? So we're walking with God. Then God does. God says. God provides. Then they set out from Mount Hor by way of the Red Sea. So they're kind of up in the, in the corner of where they could have crossed into the Promised Land, except they sinned and disobeyed God because ten spies came back and said, oh, we can't do it. Two spies said, oh, yes, we can. So God just, you know, they, they have this opportunity to walk in circles for about 40 years, so a whole generation passes away for disobedience. They were disobedient, Right? So they pass away, so now God moves them from Mount Hor, takes them down south to the the Gulf of Aqaba, uh, part of the Red Sea. And and as they're going down there, they're trying to avoid the Edomites in in this corner of of the wilderness, and they're going to try to go around them like that. And so as they're making their way to Mount Hor, um, this journey in the desert, what is it saying? Here you go. The people became impatient. Okay. I identify, I understand, you know, I understand what he's talking about here. They became impatient because of the journey. Now, listen what I We've seen this people speak against Moses, and we've seen this people speak against uh, Aaron, and, and, the, and the inference of that has always been that to speak against Moses, they were actually speaking against God and his provision. But right here it says the people spoke against God. And Moses, why have you led us up from Egypt to die in the wilderness? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been accused of something that you didn't do? How did you respond? Wait a minute. I didn't do that. I didn't say that. That, uh-uh. That, right? I mean, we, we we go on defensive. It's kind of that thing that, I, I uh, have you ever uh, accused somebody of something that they didn't do? See now, now we're a little hesitant to raise our hand, aren't we? No, I always speak the truth. Huh? Ever accused God of something God didn't do? Ever blamed God for a situation or a circumstance in your life? Or have you ever accused God of not doing something that you thought he ought to do? I asked God to do this, and he didn't do it. He didn't answer my prayer. Here's the question because I asked it way back in January. How much do you trust God? How much have you trusted in what God has done? What God intends for your life. How God has provided for you. Look at what these Israelites said. I want to st- We're going to take this apart a little bit by a little bit. It says, why have you led us up from Egypt to die in the wilderness? All right, here's the question. Did God lead them up from Egypt to die in the wilderness? No. God had a pretty little direct path across the Red Sea, across the wilderness, right into the promised land. But what did they do? They disobeyed God. So a lot of them, a whole generation of them, died in the wilderness. God didn't lead them out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. But that's the accusation they make against God. Man, we see the arguments going on here, right? Mm -hmm. Moses says one time, you know this, why have you saddled? He didn't use saddled. I say saddled because I bought new boots. But anyway, why have you saddled me with this people? God at times says... They are such a rebellious people. I'll just wipe them out and make a new people out of you, Moses. Right? Because God was moving Moses into the position of being their prophet. So God didn't leave them out there to die. And then they say, there is no bread or water. Well, all right, church people, did they have bread? What would you call it? Manna. What did they say about the manna? We detest this wretched food. I looked at some other translations there. Some translations call it worthless. Some translations call it miserable. Uh, Here's going to be one of those rare times some of you are going to like this. The King James says, we loathe this light bread. (laughs) Y'all remember when low-fat bread came out? (laughs) (laughs) My mom used to try to feed us Roman meal wheat bread. I was like... Bring me sunbeam. All right. Anyway, here's the point. The bread, the manna. You know, the the manna has been referred to as the bread of heaven, right? It's like a coriander seed that you could mince up and make wafers out of, okay? The bread of heaven has been linked symbolically to the bread of life. Jesus is the one who said, I am the bread of life. Why don't you see something right here? When they speak and accuse God, and we look at that and go, "Ah, they had the manna. They had the water from the rock. Do you know God provided for them in that 40 years of wandering to the point that their clothes didn't wear out? Their shoes didn't wear out. See that? God had provided and given and poured out graciously onto them. And they make this charge against him that, that you haven't done enough, God. Can I just tell you? I mean, all these years in ministry, I've heard people say, oh, it's just not enough. What are they saying? Jesus isn't enough? Jesus isn't everything I need? Folks, we have got to recognize that that this ingratitude, this ungrateful heart is an accusation against the will and providence of God. You see? God loves us. He loves us so much, He has given us everything we need. Now, you might say, no, but I need this. And God, in His incredible, omniscient, omnipotent wisdom goes, no, you don't. And then we blame God for not giving us something that He knows we don't need. Or that something that would be bad for us. Right? So, when we look at this, we start to realize that, that we're not unlike These Israelite people, you brought us out here to die. No bread, no water, bad food. Then the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people. Can I just tell you all something? Sin. I wrote this in an earlier set of notes, but I didn't include this one. But it comes to mind now, so I'm going to share it with you. Y'all know God doesn't bless sin. Matter of fact, the Bible says God punishes sin. We need to take sin more seriously than we do. I've been writing in the the gathering in the Word one day at a time, right? Um, that we need to pursue holiness. Which led me to read a book that I've read two, three, four times. I don't know, called The Pursuit of Holiness. The idea of pursuing holiness doesn't doesn't mean you're going to get there. It means God's already got it and He's giving it to you. See that? See, I love to hear people quote the uh, declaration. The country guarantees me the pursuit of happiness. That means I can do whatever I want to. Can I just go ahead and say Pfft. sorry, it's just an expression I like. Poisonous snakes, they bit them so that the many Israelites died. Um, As I was studying this week for this, I was reading in a commentary called the New American Commentary. It's kind of funny. It made me reflect about 30 years. uh, I graduated from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary in uh, 1991. One of my classes there was a class called the the Manners and Customs of the Hebrew People um, Biblical Times, something like that. The teacher was a man named Dr. Dennis Cole. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, it was history. It was a big classroom. And I nap well sitting upright. Okay? So I'm sitting there listening to Dr. Dennis Cole, and he's telling us about the festivals and all the symbolism in the festivals and all those kind of things. And I'm I'm listening, I'm catching about every third word and that sort of thing. And so I'm reading in this New American commentary on Numbers 21, beginning in verse 4 through verse 9, and I run across this sentence that's been highlighted digitally in the commentary. It means that when other people are using this particular digital commentary and they run across something they like, they highlight it, and so it becomes a highlighted sentence for everybody else that's reading it. And this is the sentence. Listen to this, when a person's heart is intent on rebellion and beset by discontent, even the best gifts from the Lord can lose their savor. Nothing will fully satisfy until the heart is made right man i went back and read it again i read it again i thought wow that 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 that's our generation y'all he's writing about numbers 21 but folks this is our generation a heart of discontent i said who wrote that so i went to the credits of the Numbers volume of the New American Commentary. And it was Dennis Cole. <laughs> Dr. Dennis Cole. And I went, that's pretty cool. <laughs> right? I mean, I was just like, but, I, but that just hit me. Uh, when we are beset by discontent. That last song we sang, give me. Jesus. Are you satisfied with Jesus? Are you satisfied with God's provision in your life or are you reaching and grabbing for something else? Right? I, I think about the food situation when they were getting a little bit tired of the manna and they wanted some meat. Remember what God did? <laughs> he sent quail and they, wa- they were flying so low they walked out, into the na- out in the community and clubbed them in the head. Right, (laughs) Folks, this passage that we're looking at, it it, it begins with the historical setting of what God has provided. God had just given them victory over a Canaanite kingdom of Arad. Then they set out from Mount Hor and head ultimately to the promised land, but, but they're going to go this way to get there. God's leading their steps. God's guiding them by a pillar and a cloud. God's taking them from point A to point B and providing for them all along the way. And yet they keep complaining and blaming God because their situation isn't what they want it to be. brings judgment. Sin brings judgment. The response of the people was confession and repentance. They went to Moses and said, please intercede on our behalf because we've sinned against God. So Moses intercedes and God says, make a snake, put it on a pole. That was a powerful snake, wasn't it? I say, I suckered y'all into that question. (laughs) There ain't nothing about that snake powerful. It was the faith in what God had said about being obedient to look at the snake that saved him. You'll read later in Hezekiah, well not in Hezekiah's kingdom, that they had begun to worship a serpent on a pole. You know, you can make an idol out of anything. You can worship your career, you can worship your church, you can worship your family, you can worship a relationship, you can worship a car. You worship anything, you can make an idol out of anything, and it's sin. It's sin. Nothing will fully satisfy until the heart is made right. When we approach God with gratitude, you know what we get back? In some cases, we do get the, the punishment for disobedience, but we get God's grace. God is always gracious. And when God gives us grace, He makes a way for healing and wholeness. You know, that's the picture of healing in the Bible, is wholeness. It's not always physical. We've been taught this thing where all we've got to do is pray for healing and God will give it to you. You know, sometimes healing is the refinement that comes through illness. I hate to say this, but sometimes healing's death. Okay? See, the wholeness that God gives is a completion. God gives it. I looked at this passage all week long, y'all. And, and as I read Dr. Cole's statement, I thought, God, I'm not going to put this on y'all. I said, God, am I guilty of ingratitude? Do I want more than you've provided? Better than that, do I want more than you've given for my good? See, God loves you. He has provided for you. Don't, don't, Don't reject what God has provided. God's given you Jesus. Just give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Just give me Jesus. I know, uh, I don't know if it was Spurgeon, some, some greater preacher than me once said, if Jesus is all you got, then you got all you need. Okay? If Jesus is all you got, then you've got all you need. All right? If you don't know Jesus this morning, we want you to know Jesus. They made it fun for me this morning. I got all cranked up at early this morning. Okay? This message has spoken to my heart. This, this quote from Dr. Cole spoke to my heart. I want my heart to be right. I want what God wants for me. I pray that you do too. Pray with me. God, thank you. Thank you again for today. God, that you've given so much. And and God, you've given so much that that I'm afraid many times we take for granted. God, we take advantage of. God, I thank you for the morning, this this 925 gathering that we get to come in and and, and God, on one hand, yeah, we get to have fun and worship. And yet God there's a serious point of hearing and understanding God what you're speaking to my heart God what you're speaking to us your people God I thank you for the, the the account the story of your people in the wilderness who who were were not satisfied who were ungrateful and and God that we could should ought to learn from the example that we see in scripture God I pray this morning that that we would run to you. God, my prayer this week has been, God, let me be so close that I hear, that I don't miss. God, help us to know and see and do and and celebrate and, and be grateful for all that you've done in our lives. God, I thank you again that we get to sing one more song in this hour and know, God, that we get to praise you in that. And I already know that God, we need to trust you. We need to trust your provision. God, we need to be satisfied. And as Paul said, content in whatever state we find ourselves. Thank you for so much, God. Thank you for loving us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.